Hello, welcome to Good Job, where we interview some inspiring people from the music industry and look at their journey from their very worst job to present day. It's jumping up and taking risks and changing it up. If you stay in the same rut the whole time, you're not, you're not growing, you're not proving, you're not challenging yourself. Our guest today is Chris Rupp. Yep, that is the founder of all-American acapella group, Home Free. He also is founder of 7th Ave and the Chris Rupp Project, so he's got loads of amazing projects going on. In this episode, we have a really candid, open chat about leaving Home Free and how difficult that is and when it's important to follow your own dreams and your own joy. He has some brilliant advice on this for creatives and just for people. Good job. What has okay. been your first job? Let's go for it. Well, my first job ever was working as a dishwasher for Little Caesars Pizza. I worked a couple of jobs like that for about three years until I was 18, I started teaching piano lessons and I quickly realized that that was far more lucrative and efficient use of my time than making minimum wage as a dishwasher at a fast food place. So I got all of those, I think, count as the worst jobs. I guess you've had quite an interesting journey because I, I read on your website that you went into designing computer games before you even started. Oh my gosh. Yeah, sophomore year at college, I started playing a, a computer game and just became obsessed with it. And over my fresh sophomore and junior year, I became one of the best players in the world. Before my senior year of college, I got offered a job by this company to come down and help design their next game. And I said, I got to take it. I didn't uh, come back for my senior year there. And I went down to Dallas, Texas, and I worked for Microsoft and I was a video game designer. Kind of every, you know, kid's dream job, I guess. Then after about a, about a year of that, I was a combination of one, really missing music in my life, because that was my whole life goal. And two, it was very lonely. Um, this was way back before uh, Facebook and uh, all the social media stuff. And so it was a lot harder to meet people. And I said, uh, you know, I think I want to go back and finish, finish the schooling and go back into music. And that's what I did. But I, it, it's an incredible experience. And I, I always forget that it happens. It seems so surreal and such a different part of my life that has nothing to do with my current life. Yeah, that's a real cool thing to do. And so different from music. Yeah. But it's another passion, I suppose. And when you are really passionate about something, enough that you become one of the best in the world, then yeah. often opportunities uh, turn up when you least expect them. Yeah, it's one of the things I, I often tell younger people or people or anybody really is, you know, say yes to things because you don't know what's going to happen, what's going to come out of it. Um, even that job, although it was working with video game design, I hung out quite a bit with the audio team there, the guys that would make the soundtrack for the game, uh, so that definitely music, but also the sound production design, you know, like all the, what they call Foley uh, sounds, feet walking on the ground and swords clashing and things like that. They had to create those sounds to use in the game. So uh, they got me started in the recording world. They got me my first uh, recording setup and taught me the basics of how to do it. And that also has been a significant part of my growth and journey over the years and so that all started through the video game thing so that wouldn't have happened if i hadn't yeah done. it's amazing how these things all join together and yeah. uh, take you to where you are now i suppose your journey into music was that as a kid yeah so my my mom is a professional musician and we grew up with it 
my brother is very, very talented as well. Uh, he, he, him and I joined, uh, created Home Free together. And my sister is amazing. And I actually started my most recent band with her as well, Seventh Ave. And so we grew up with it. We had these little family jam sessions in the basements. I didn't realize until I got older that that wasn't a normal thing. Like most people don't do that. <laughs> That's just how we grew up. And I kind of decided in high school I was going to do music. At about 16 or so, I had a little epiphany and said, this is what I want to do. Out of all the options in front of me. And so I started adjusting accordingly and then went to school for it. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where it was going to go. I just knew it was going to be music involved. So anything had taken off. I mean, obviously, acapella became my thing and took me to, to eventually to heights. But if I had joined a contemporary Christian band or if a reggaeton band wanted to jam with me and I'm playing piano for them, I don't know. I mean, it was just music. Yeah. What specifically got you into acapella? Well, when I was 16 or so, my mom actually went to, she was a music director at our church. She went to this music director conference kind of thing. And she heard a group called GLAAD. Uh, which at the time, mid-90s, was kind of a pioneer in the acapella world. They were doing things that other people weren't doing. And I heard one of their CDs, or it might have even been a cassette back then, I don't fully remember. I was sitting in my room and playing it over and over and over again. And saying, this is incredible. I never knew voices could do this. You know, you, you're familiar with choir, but just these five guys singing in harmony, making all these parts, and it just blew my mind. And it was always important to me. I started groups in high school. I started groups in college, all based around singing. And uh, then I, in college, I got uh, connected with Rockapella, which was one of the pioneers also of the acapella world, and fell in love with them. And I knew I wanted to do that. So I started my own group with my brother, and we were terrible. <laughs> we were just awful. <laughs> but, you know, we were trying. And, uh, and then as soon as I came back from Dallas from the video game thing, uh, then we started trying to do it more. And we uh, got one of our other co-founder, his grandfather really loved what we were doing and he wanted to help us out. So he loaned us a bunch of money to buy equipment and we just kept trying. It took about 10 years until it became a legit full-time successful group, which we were before we got on the TV show. That also helped set us up for success after the TV show because we knew what we were doing versus a lot of people just get thrown into this and don't have experience per se. And, I guess that's important to know, isn't it? That when you start, you kind of suck. And it's okay, but you have to kind of keep going and take that time. It, it doesn't just happen. You're not just like, oh, I'm great straight away. It comes down to, too, how much you love it and how much you want to do it as to where you're going to take it. I, I often tell people, if they ask me, like, hey, I might be interested in doing music. And I said, if that's your question, then you shouldn't do music. Your question should be, I'm going to do music. How can I get there? Because it's in your brain, it's in your blood, it's in your bones so much you can't imagine doing anything else. I mean, you're the kind of person that sits up till three or four in the morning practicing or working something out because it's so fun. You just the time just flies away, and you would do it for free if you had to because you can't get it out of your your whole soul. Then you should be doing music for a career. If it's less than that, no, keep it as a hobby. Enjoy yourself. Don't end up hating it because it's it's going to be a hard journey. You are going to suck at first. You're going to be terrible. Um, you're going to take a lot of lumps. It's going to be a lot of late nights. It's going to be a lot of travel days of hours and hours in the car to perform a show, to go right to bed, to travel again the next day to do it again. It's, it's part of the journey, and it's paying your dues. And if you stick with it, and if you want that badly, you'll get there. 
Yeah, it's not an easy road, and I've definitely been there, and it's been the same. Very many different versions of my singing career, from, like, theatre to teaching to doing YouTube stuff. Everything is different, and you have to be quite versatile in what you do. And also, I think it's part of a creative brain to want to chop and change and try different things all the time as well. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the big reasons why I ended up moving on from Home Free is that my role in the group had become very static and very strained, and I was starting to go crazy not being able to do other things. And it got to the point that it wasn't fun anymore. Mm. So when the opportunity presented itself to extricate myself and launch my own solo career and create new things and be able to do so many different projects all the time, I kind of said, I, I have to take this. It worked out financially as well because it helped that the group was successful enough that it actually made financial sense for me to be able to, to leave, uh, where most people don't have that option. I've created so many things since then and so many different genres and directions that wouldn't have happened you know, if I'd stayed that it's, it feels so good now. It's hard to think back to that time versus where I'm at now. Did you doubt at the time? Did you worry at the oh, time? Oh, oh, God, yes. <laughs> it was terrifying. I was leaving the group that I created and built up over 15 years that had achieved a level of success that was honestly beyond our wildest dreams. Our wildest dreams was just to be doing it full time. And we were doing cruise ship work. We were doing corporate work. We were as busy as we wanted to be. We were actually making a decent living at it. So that was, that was it. That's what we wanted to achieve. And to win the TV show and to have a legit recording contract and touring internationally and having screaming fans uh, at our shows and lines outside the door, and that was never on the agenda. Mm. <laughs> so to have had that level of success and to walk away from it was, was terrifying. I don't think anyone will ever be able to fully appreciate the journey that, that took but me, and I can't really put into words or explain it, but terrifying process. But that's part of the, that's life too. It's, it's jumping up and taking risks and changing it up. Because if you stay in the same rut the whole time, you're not, you're not growing, you're not proving, you're not uh, challenging yourself. You've set up quite a few projects since. Tell us about those. Yeah, oh, I'd love to. Thank you for asking us. So since I left the group, I have released five CDs on my own, I think, in the last three years. Two different gospel acapella CDs, all me. I released a country album called Shine. It's all original music by myself. I've released a Christmas album, which was super fun. I love doing Christmas songs. Uh, one of the challenges of Christmas songs is taking songs everybody knows and then doing something different with them, doing something new, a new spin on it. And that's a fun challenge. I love arranging stuff like that. And then I just released last year a original piano CD. It's just me composing um, yeah. different themes and stuff. And I just released that too. So like I said, I go in so many different directions whenever I get inspired by at the time. Um, and then at the same time, I still wanted to sing with people because I love, especially live, singing with others and creating harmony. So I created a group called 7th Ave uh, with my sister and uh, two others. One gal, uh, Kelly Jekyll, who was in the Pitch Perfect movies, and my other buddy of mine named Adam Bestine. And we started the group and we just loved creating stuff. It's, it's funny. That's the group I want to tour with. You know, I have the option to kind of just do my solo thing. I do it sometimes, but it's more fun for me to tour with people and, like I said, creating live music. So with that group, I've toured Europe uh, twice now, and this is our second Australia run. You just seem like you're going for what makes you happy and your joy, yeah. and it's nice to have enough money to be alive right. and, and to support yourself, but really, at the end of the day, we need to be doing what makes us feel good. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's an appreciation I've had even more in the last three years of my journey, just how 
many cool things I've been able to do because I took that leap to kind of be true to myself and what I wanted to do. I could have stayed and been somewhat unhappy and miserable and just locked in a little box and I would have still had you know, a lot of success and it certainly wouldn't have been the wrong choice. But by being true to myself and I, I've been able to experience so many more things that never would have happened. And it's wonderful now to have these opportunities that I do have. A lot of people have questioned quite a bit, you know, why would you do this? And it, like I said, it's hard to fully explain it. Um, I said, just because I, I want to grow and I want to be challenged. And that was the way to do it. It's quite courageous to step away from something that's so massive like that. But mm -hmm. if it feels right for you, then do it. Like, that might be right for someone else. And it's obviously right for the other members of the band. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But if it's not right for you, that's also completely fine. It's just different. It's hard when you're creative because you're constantly putting yourself out there. And so everyone has their opinion on that. How how do you deal with that? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I feel like uh, reading the YouTube comments is like its own category in itself of how to process that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> but, you know, I, but I, I do read them. You get a certain amount of thick skin and you know which ones to just ignore and not even pay attention to. But you just try to get a sense of the feedback. And one of the more challenging ones I do get was people that are either mad at me for leaving or don't understand it. It's hard to explain yourself in a YouTube comment, so you just kind of give up and, like, whatever, I don't respond. But it amazed me how many people were just mad at me when it, when it all went down. A lot of these fans have a relationship with the band. It's kind of a one-way street because the band doesn't really know who they are. <laughs> you know, but yeah, everyone kind of has that with a musician or an artist or something. Like, they, you feel like they kind of speak to you. And, and so then by changing that up, you know, that just kind of shatters that relationship and that worldview. So some yeah. people were very understanding and others were very upset with me. The upset ones were tough because I couldn't, I couldn't explain. I couldn't really uh, justify what I was doing. Part of my philosophies with this too is I, I could make some choices that are designed to be more successful or what you're supposed to do. And I can play that game. You can be trying to guessing constantly as to what's going to be the next hit or something. And, or you can just say, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do or makes me happy. And people either respond to it or they don't. And if it's not for them, okay, great. Maybe they'll like the next one. Or maybe they just need to find someone else to spend their time and, and energy with. But the people that do like what I do like the variety, and then those are the people I want to have following me anyway. So, have you got any advice for people who'd like to sing a cappella? Well, I mean, just like anything, it's practice. It's putting yourself in the right situation. It's it's networking too. I can't stress how important networking is. You meet somebody that maybe has some skill set that you don't have, or you, just, you might admire and appreciate. And that might be all it is. You just meet them, whatever. And you never know when a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, something will come up and you'll say, hey, I'm looking for someone that can do X, Y, Z, and this person would fit that. Let's call them up. And maybe they'll say yes. Because like I said, you should say yes to things as much as you can. Um, actually, it's funny. Right now, on the 7th Ave tour, my sister wasn't able to come out to Australia with us. She's done everything else with 7th Ave. It didn't work out for her for this one. I called up a gal named Monroe who I had met five years ago at Pentatonic's Avi Kaplan's Acapella Academy, things he does out in L.A. every year. And then last year, an opportunity came up. I was looking for someone to do a collaboration. And I thought of her and I said, yeah, let's give it a shot. And it went well enough. But then you think, okay, that's fine. But then this thing came up. And I said, who would be free to come to Australia 
And I thought, I bet Monroe could do it. And she would probably want to. I asked her and she was over the moon. And, and you know, I'd met her once five years ago. It's really important, though. It, just being a nice person is really uh, yeah. helpful. Uh, I will choose someone who's super fun to work with and super nice over someone who's super talented 95% of the time. Also, you do everything, really, with them, with your production. <laughs> I do a lot, yeah. And yeah. you're putting everything together from your YouTube videos and the sound. And do you have people helping you with that? Or do you do a lot of it yourself? Or Yeah, so like I said, so much growth uh, from the challenge of leaving three years ago has happened. And a lot of that is, is from the production side. Because I've had to learn how to do so much more mm. than I ever knew three or four years ago. Even when Home Free was in the studio a lot and doing a lot of music videos, it still has come tremendously far. I do all my own recording. Uh, mostly all my recording. That's for acapella stuff. And if I have instruments as well, because I do so many different projects. And uh, I do all my own editing. I can do basic mixing. But then if I want like the really top level polish, then I'll send it off to a specialist. Mm -hmm. Same with the video editing. I can do certainly a certain level of video production. Sometimes it's hard because it's hard to film yourself. <laughs> so that limits it. But I do as much as I can. Plus, you don't have to work the budget all the time. If you do it yourself, you save a lot of money. But sometimes you want to do a cool project. And so I, I, I kind of balance between doing stuff that's really uh, cost-efficient, let's say. Yeah. And then I do stuff that's really fun projects to do, where I have like a whole dance team behind me, or I have yeah. this really ambitious video I want to shoot. And, then, and it involves money. you got to involve people. So there's different levels of everything that I do. But I try to do as much as I can, constantly keep learning as much as I can to do more, to constantly work that budget. And I quite like it on your channel that you've got really big budget, beautifully designed things. And then you have you with like a guitar. I think it's nice to have those levels because people like both. Yeah, it's funny too. There's such a, there's, there's no direct comparison on YouTube for how much money you spend on something versus how much success or results you have from it. And it's always, I just laugh so often where I can do a video that costs me $0 to make. And suddenly it's got 100,000 views and I can spend five or $6,000 making something and it has 10,000 views. And you think, what the heck did I spend all that money for? <laughs> it's very frustrating sometimes. But, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to being true to yourself and, and just creating art and just making the cool things. And that's why I justify spending the money on this stuff. because It's really satisfying for me to create these awesome things. Even if it's not cost efficient, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I'd be making more financial success, more money if I just did those free videos for the whole year. Mm. But I feel like I would be, I'd start getting bored with it. I wouldn't have as much fun and I'd feel just deflated and like I'm not pushing myself anymore. So yeah, you've got to balance it out in whatever way it works for you or for myself or whoever, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any general advice who, for people who just want to be singers in general? Well, just do it. Uh, the more you do it, the better it is. You want to be a singer, you should be singing in a choir, working on creating a group or singing with small groups, uh, working on different arranging things and learning harmonies. And so many people can be very good at one thing and are very limited then as a result. I know great, uh, great solo singers who can't sing harmony to save their life or they can sing harmonies, but they can't remember anything to save their life. So they'll sing whatever all the time. And like that's person I can't hire because... I need to know that they're going to know their part and not just sing whatever they hear at the moment. Or you can find someone who, you know, maybe is a good singer but can't play any instruments. So, okay, well, they can, I can bring them in as a singer, but if I have that option of also bringing someone who can play guitar and sing, I'm going to choose that because now they've added more value to what they do. 
someone who can sight read can be super valuable. So like, there's so many different skill sets that you can learn and it, you don't want to limit yourself to just saying like, oh, I'm just a singer and this is what I do. And can you do more than that? What, what else can you bring to the table? There's a lot of singers out there. So I guess the more you can diversify, it just makes you a better musician. You know, I know people who are great natural musicians, but don't know a lick of music theory whatsoever. And you can be successful with that for sure. But if you know music theory, that makes you that much more valuable and that much more successful. You know, so you don't want to limit yourself in any way, shape or form. So say yes to things, try everything you can, all these different experiences, different genres, especially as you're young and starting out and growing up, because everything, it all you know, gets thrown into the stew together to eventually create whatever you are. And it doesn't ever stop. You know, I'm, I'm in my late 30s now and I'm still creating and improving and I don't expect to be stopping for a long time. I remember an article I read once, or the quote, uh, they were interviewing this guy in Nashville who I think was like a famous guitar player. He was in his 90s. And he was practicing before they got there and they said, you're 94 years old or something. Why are you still practicing? He said, well, because I think I almost got it. And I loved that. Always be striving to be better tomorrow than you were today. And whatever you do, be it life, be it music, be it everything. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, this is fun. Good job. Bye.